witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Holly. How you doing? I'm actually doing fucking all right (laughs) for once. It's funny because yeah. I, I went through our TikToks the other day and I found the one that was like, you know, if getting bent over and fucked <laughs> means I'm having a good day, then that's cool. And then you we were talking about like, fuck you, May. And then you were like, when are we going to stop blaming the month and just start blaming our lives? And I rewatched that TikTok the other day and I was like, girl, still accurate. <laughs> I don't know. December's shaping up all right. December's- I feel like December is going to be a good month. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Like, I think I've just accepted my fate with everything, and uh, I'm just cruising. I'm cruising. You know, we've got we got friends miss happening coming up next. We've, it would be know? literally when this episode comes out it'll tomorrow. Be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's tomorrow. Yeah. So we we got friends miss tomorrow. You're gonna get your your birthday present Woo-hoo! also. Just two months late, <laughs> two years in a row. <laughs> you wouldn't be my best friend if I didn't get my birthday present in December. <laughs> You you had visual proof that I at least did have it for your fucking. Oh, birthday. buddy, I already o- <laughs> I've already opened my present. I just don't have it. Yeah, yeah, you know what's in there. It's fine. yeah, yeah. I'm so I I love it. I loved my present. Thank you so much. Good. Hopefully Christmas slaps as hard, man. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? Come on, moon lamp. <laughs> I'll just re-gift it. (laughs) I got one. Brad left me his from last year. Yeah. How do I have two? Because remember Mike bought one because he liked the one that you got? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you guys got Jenga. Did you get Jenga or did Brad get Jenga? I think Brad won Jenga. I think Brad won it because he kept trying to steal it from Mike. (laughs) Give me that fucking Jenga. I did not get Jenga because I got uh, the toaster, the mini yes. toast waffle. The waffle, waffle maker. Oven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have used it. Nice. A couple times. Not a lot, but that's okay. Hey, I man. I don't make a lot of waffles, you know? No, that's okay. <laughs> well, seeing as it's December, does that mean we're doing tarot today? Yeah, I have already pulled a card. I bought these cards from winners actually for eight dollars for the set nice what a good deal like pretty they're just like these pretty little pink just like these pretty little pink tarot cards i don't know if you can see like do you know what that kind of reminds me of what do you remember this was a while ago probably like a year ago when you were telling me that you were having a dream about these tarot cards that were like pinky purple yeah esque that kind of reminds me of that the color is definitely rem- reminiscent of it, but yeah. also so are the Aleister Crowley ones that you got me because they kind of have like a similar vibe too. Um, <laughs> didn't even see the back of them. <laughs> sick. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> like how I could just pull that out. Like it's right beside like right me. Right here. Oh, this Dude, one? <laughs> with, within reach of me right now, I have one, two, three, four, five. Count the one that you got for me that's somewhere in the six, bag. I have six. Tarot decks scattered around me. <laughs> Tell me your oh, including the one I got for you. Yeah, it's actually seven. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Tell me you're a witch without telling me you're a witch. <laughs> She's a witch. Um, <laughs> Holly, if this was 1802 and some man broke into your house oh, right now, I would dead. have already been burned at the stake just from my fucking potty mouth. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly, let's think about it Truly. for a real second here. Both of us would be. We would not have survived middle school. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. We would have hit 13 and <laughs> Yeah. Time- the 14th year would be our last. Yeah, time to go Absolutely. to the gallows. <laughs> yeah. You ever, see, you ever see that meme where it's like something and then they're at the gallows and they got the rope around the neck and they're like, ah, first time? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's from, uh, I think, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. Something like that. That's me and you. Oh, yeah. First time? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. The reincarnation. I think we've been burned a few times. Yeah, probably. Um, anyway, so the the card I pulled for today is strength. Ooh. The one like so like the strength picture of these cards is like a woman straddling a lion. Hell yeah. With like the sun rising behind her. It's pretty fucking majestic. <laughs> Can I so can I also just say that like Libra is typically depicted as a woman holding scales and you're a Leo. So tell me this isn't us. <laughs> and they're Both, both of our sun signs. Tell oh me this God, isn't God. us. <laughs> my fucking God. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> when you're right, you're right, my dude. Yeah. You can't be wrong. <laughs> so uh, let's see. When the strength card appears in your reading, you are fueled by your inner strength, personal power, strong will, and determination. You do not rule by trying to control others. You quietly influence and persuade. Others may underestimate your power because it is so invisible, but you should see that as an advantage. You can control a situation without excessive outward force. No one knows it's you calling the shots. I mean, true. We both are very capable of that. We just like to yell. It's just, uh, this is, this is so us. Your strength gives you the confidence to overcome any growing fears, challenges, or doubts. Feel the fear and do it anyway. If you have yeah. been going through a rough time and are burnt out or stressed. What? Not us. <laughs> the strength card encourages you to find the power within yourself to persevere. You have got what it takes to see the situation through to its eventual end. You're a loyal friend and a solid supporter willing to step up and be present when others are in need. And you might also feel compelled to hold space for someone who needs your strength and support. Oh, I love that, dude. I love that, too. That's awesome. That is. That's some accurate. Let's go December. Let's go December. December. That's awesome. Ugh, the dogs are losing their fucking mind. Nah. Good God. It's okay. The it's people fine. here totally know fine. we have animals. So this is, this is what true. you get. It's what you get when it's you true. got a bunch of ladies with a bunch of fur babies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> is what it is. I, it, you're right. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump into today's episode because I have a feeling like it might be a bit of a heavy one, but also fun. What are we doing? What do you got for us? All right, friend. Okay, so let's do this. So today is December 8th. So December 8th means that we are 17 days away from Christmas, friend. Holy fuck. (laughs) Right? So (laughs) it's hard not to have a Christmas or Yule-inspired episode at this time of the year, obviously. Mm -hmm. And your girls love to be topical. We so do. We so do. do. (laughs) Yeah. 
So we're sticking with the topical theme. And in the same breath, with the hustle and bustle of the modern day Christmas world, it's also sometimes very easy to forget that Christmas traditions, stories, and festivities that we know and love have ancient roots too. Okay. Okay. So in today's episode, we're going to be looking at the history and evolution of our beloved Santa Claus. Oh, shit. <laughs> right? Oh, oh, oh. Who is Santa? Where does the, the folklore of Santa come from? Because I think that the history of Santa is so old that the actual foundations of it are almost lost entirely, I, I think. I could see that. I could see that. Right? So to begin, let's look at who we know Santa to be today. I hope it's going to be a good one. Sorry. It will. (laughs) We got Rudolph shining his bright nose through these dark times, Holly. Mm. (laughs) Let me just put my little dinosaur hood up. Yeah, let's do it. Holly's wearing a Triceratop onesie for all of those who don't know. So she is comfy, snuggled in, and ready to go. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) So as many Hollywood movies like Elf or Arthur Christmas, and even Nightmare Before Christmas show us, Santa Claus is typically depicted as an older white man with a big white beard, a big jolly belly, and a joyous ho-ho-ho laugh. Right? Oh, yeah. He lives at the North Pole with his wife, Mrs. Claus, and his elves who spend the whole year making toys for all the good boys and girls around the world. And on one night a year, he embarks on a seemingly impossible mission with his magical sleigh and his trusty nine reindeer to bring joy to the world. I'm so impressed with with my intro here, buddy. (laughs) I am loving it. This is great. So he waits until you're asleep. And with his bottomless pack, he makes his way down each chimney to leave a gift under the tree for each little girl and boy on his checklist. He takes a snack of milk and cookies on his way out and possibly a carrot or two for the reindeer. Hell yeah. Well, my friend, this is the American Santa Claus. Okay. This is a very North American Santa. So Santa in North American culture has become what we like to call the patron saint of Christmas in all reality. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That tracks. And so how does he become the patron saint? How did we get the Santa Claus? So, um... He became the patron saint of Christmas in America since his popularization in 1823 when a poem by Clementine Clark Moore titled A Visit from St. Nicholas, a.k.a. The Night Before Christmas, which most people know, was published, right? So, "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse," right? Yeah. So that was his popularization. A few decades later, an illustration by Thomas Nast depicted St. Nicholas as a jolly fat man smoking a pipe. Together, these two things accidentally created the modern image of the Christmas gift bringer, Santa Claus. Okay. However, even this version was not popularized in media until the 1920s, thanks in part to Coca-Cola and their Christmas campaigns, which often featured the man in red. Yep. Right? Yep. This is where the North American version of Santa Claus came from. But it does not fully explain how a random man from the North Pole became the mascot for a holiday that's been around practically since the dawn of time. Right? Yep. Yep. So as we've seen so many times before on this podcast, 
Pagans, Nordics, and witches worldwide are usually at the heart of many of these stories and traditions, and the legends of Santa are no different. So come with me as I take you on a magical Christmas journey, Holly, to learn all about the Christmas witches who started it all. Okay. All right. This will be good. This will be good. Hey, okay, before we get into it, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie of all time? Yeah. Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Fair. That is a good Christmas movie. That is solid. <laughs> it's my all-time that most favorite. solid Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Mine is Tim Allen's Santa Claus. Buddy, that's my number two. <laughs> I just watched all three of them like last week. <laughs> Have you seen the Disney Channel TV series? series? Not yet. I want to watch it. Is it good? No. Ha! You have to watch it. Okay. Not only is it Tim Allen still, yeah, but like it also goes into the history of Santa Claus and like different iterations of Santa Claus and like so dog. cool. I gotta watch it. I've heard <laughs> yes. nothing but good things about it. I've heard that it's awesome. It's, and if you liked Tim Allen's Santa Claus, so good, yeah, so good. I loved even Santa Claus Two is quite possibly my favorite of the Santa okay. Clauses. Yeah. Where he has to find his wife. Yep. <laughs> and you get to meet like She's the tooth fairy and stuff. Like, yep. I love this fucking movie. <laughs> and Bernard the Elf. I love Bernard the Elf. <laughs> I love Bernard too. Bernard was the MV fucking The greatest man. elf of all time. He makes a reappearance in the series. Incredible. You sold yep. me. Yeah. Now I got to watch it just to see Bernard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I love it. <laughs> Well, that being said, friend, today's episode is all about the witches who started it. So we're yes. going to go okay. down the path of the witches. And our first festive stop is in the beautiful countryside of Italy. Are we on the Polar Express? Choo-choo, bitch. Get on. <laughs> I'm so glad you, you caught on. <laughs> you know, dude, there are moments in our friendship where you do shit that I'm like, this is why she's my best friend. And that's one of them. Like, I don't even have to say we're on the Polar Express. I make one train reference and she's on. <laughs> Tickets. Tickets, please. <laughs> Where's my hot cocoa? <laughs> Look across the frosty lake as there's no tracks, baby. We're going, going, oh. gone. <laughs> Holy fuck. I love, right. I love Christmas. <laughs> I love our topical episodes, man. We just get fucking unhinged. It's true. It's true. (laughs) So, although many other characters from folklore across the globe share similarities with Santa Claus, the inspiration for this iconic character can be seen most clearly in the stories of La Bufana, who is dating back to the 13th century in Italian poems and writing. (laughs) She's also totally in the series. <laughs> Is she? <laughs> Fucking A, dude. That's so cool. <laughs> Am I saying it right then? La Bufana? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So this Italian gift-giving witch long predates the man Santa Claus himself. Mm-hmm. But who is La Bufana, you ask? Well, she is believed to be an old witch who delivers gifts to children throughout Italy on Epiphany Eve, which is the night of January 5th. Bifana is said to be an Italian mispronunciation of the Greek word for epiphany, which was uh, an ancient New Year's tradition originally celebrated on January 6th. 
right? Which I think we've talked about in previous episodes. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think in last year's Christmas episode, if not last year's, then the one before where we were wassailing to our mini uh, (laughs) fireplace. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So it feels like yesterday and it was like two years ago. (laughs) Boy. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Welcome. Wow. I know. Me too. So in popular folklore, La Bufana visits all of the children of Italy on the eve of the Feast of Epiphany to fill their socks with candy and presents if they are good or a lump of coal or what they call dark candy, which is like a molasses type kind of like bitter candy mm-hmm. uh, if they're not good okay. or if they're bad. Right. So kind of same idea. Right. Presents if you're good. Coal if you're bad. Yeah. Same general. Exactly. Idea. In many poorer parts of Italy, and in particular uh, the rural Sicily area, a stick in a stocking was typically placed instead of coal because coal was quite expensive. Yeah. Right? Honestly, how did coal wind up being the bad thing to get? Like When it was expensive <laughs> and provided heat? Yeah. Like, hold on a second. Yeah. Wait, why? <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe because it wasn't fun. They were like, oh, I guess I'll just give this to my family to survive the night. Well, I guess it was still it was still useful. It was still right? useful because like they, they said it was not an evil person. Like the the whole idea of it is still to give gifts. Yeah, but it's not like it's I'm not, not giving fun. you something that you want. Yeah, something that you need instead. It's like getting socks instead of toys. Exactly. <laughs> socks are the new cool. Exactly. Right. Anyways, dude. just I just had an epiphany actually. So <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so. The story of La Bafana is typically that she was a very good housekeeper. So being a good housekeeper, many say she will sweep the floor before she leaves your home. So she'll come in, give you your gift or your coal, and then sweep the floor before she leaves. In and out without a trace. You got it. To To some, the sweeping means the sweeping away of all of the problems of the year. So it's more symbolism of her sweeping away all of your issues and starting anew, right? Well, yeah, I think we talked about that with one of our New Year episodes where one of the traditions is to literally sweep out all your problems. Exactly. Right. So again, like this is so I I love doing episodes like this because like not only do we see like these very modern things that we celebrate, but these correlations where it's like Epiphany was also the celebration of like the new year and like the new year sweeping and getting rid of, but also Mm -hmm. Christmas Mm -hmm. and gift giving and right. Like all together in one kind of. Yeah. It's so cool. I love, that's why I love doing episodes like this. So, um, sorry, the year sweeping. Yes. The child's family typically leaves a small glass of wine and a plate with a few morsels of food, often regional or local for the Bafana, right? So same thing as like the milk and cookies, but instead it's yeah. wine and cheese. Like, <laughs> honestly, hell yeah. Much preferable. Yeah, same dude. I could go all night with sips of wine and bites of cheese and like only maybe yeah. an hour with sips of milk and bites of cookies. Agreed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm, I yeah. Could, yeah, I could drink wine all day. <laughs> <laughs> so she's usually portrayed as being what we commonly refer to as like a hag. Right? Like okay. an elderly old woman kind of crouched over rough Ye old skin. spinster. Ye old spinster. You got it. Yeah. Right? Uh, who's riding a broom thick, broom thick, <laughs> riding a broomstick through the air, wearing a black shawl, and is covered in soot because she enters the children's houses through the chimney. Wow. <laughs> like, who else do we know? Like Santa. She's often found smiling 
and carries a bag or a hamper filled with candy, gifts, or both. So same thing as Santa's pack or sack or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> can we talk about how she she also has a has a broom for the for the chimney? Yeah, like like a chimney like sweep? a chimney sweep. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He's got so excited for that for fucking no reason. I love it. Dude, I love <laughs> writing episodes that make you this jacked because I'm like, yes, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. So let's listen to what are some of the legends of the La Bafana. Now, it's important to remember that in Italy, like Catholicism is huge, right? You got Rome. You've got the Pope. There are a lot of states in Italy that are owned by the church. So it's important to remember that there is a lot of Christian influence here. So quite a few of these legends of the Bafana, which I find very interesting, are based in Christian, like Christianity and Catholicism, but portray a witch in a very positive light. So this is unusual to the podcast here. Almost like they used to be portrayed positively. Yes. A certain time. King. (laughs) That we we know. Decided to write a certain book. (laughs) And publish it worldwide. Weird. Weird. How does that work? Okay. So tell me what this reminds you of, this story. So this there's three legends I'm gonna tell you. They all there's different variations, but these are the three most common. Okay. Okay. So first one is a Christian legend that says that the Bafana was approached by the biblical magi. It's basically like the three wise men. The Italian version of the three wise men or the three kings, right? Yeah. So a few days before the birth of the infant Jesus. They asked for directions to where the son of God was and they as they had seen his star in the sky, but she did not know. They provided or she provided them with shelter for a night as she was considered the best housekeeper in the village with the most pleasant home. So the three wise men invited her to join them on the journey to find baby Jesus. But she decided or she declined, stating she was too busy with her housework and that she'd have to stay. Later on, Bafana had a change of heart and tried to search out the astrologers and baby Jesus. That night, she was not able to find them. So to this day, the Bafana is searching for the little baby, and she leaves all the good children toys and candy or fruit, while the bad children get coal, sticks, onions, or garlic. <laughs> stinky children. Yes. Stinky, stinky children. <laughs> but it's, it's basically an old retelling of the nativity. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, this predates the Christian telling of the nativity. Isn't that wild? Wild. Yeah. I like there's gotta be certain things, certain aspects of of it need to be true. You know what I mean? Like there's certain aspects of of everything in life that I feel like need to be true. Yeah. Or else it just gets lost in time. Right. Why why would we retell it if there is no part of it? No truth to it. Yeah. Exactly. So like and that's that's a very easy thing to have as truth. Yes. Does that makes sense. Absolutely right? does. Right. Yeah. So another retelling of her legend is slightly darker. Um, so it was said that the Bafana was an ordinary woman with a child whom she loved greatly. However, Uh-oh. her child unfortunately had died. And it result like the result was grief that was so brutal for her that it like basically drove her to madness. So upon hearing the news of Jesus and because of how grief stricken she was, she set out to find him and like in thinking that baby Jesus was her son, was her baby. Right. 
So eventually okay. she ended up meeting baby Jesus and presented him with gifts to make him happy. The infant Jesus was delighted and he gave Bafana a gift in return that she would therefore be the mother of every child in Italy, which I think is kind of sweet. Just, so, just in Italy? Just in Italy. Yeah. You're the Italian mother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that I think was it, taking a really weird, uh, that felt like a really weird turn towards Lilith territory, but I'm glad it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we made a hard right and came back to okay. <laughs> So popular tradition tells that if Bafana spots somebody who sees her, they'll receive a playful thump on the shoulder or on the back of the head from her broomstick as she does not wish to be seen. Right. Mm. Similar to the way Santa can't be seen. Right? Yes. Yep. This aspect of the tradition may be designed to keep children in their beds, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right? Another commonly heard Christian legend of the La Bafana starts at the time of the birth of baby Jesus again. In this telling, though, the Bafana spent her days cleaning and sweeping, as per the other one. And one day, the three wise men came to her door in search of baby Jesus. However, Bafana turned them away because she was too busy cleaning. Feeling guilty, she eventually decides to find Jesus on her own by following the brightest star in the sky. She brought along a bag filled with baked goods and gifts for the baby Jesus and a broom to help the new mother clean. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. despite her best efforts, she never ends up finding baby Jesus. According to this telling, the Bafana is still searching after all of these century for the newborn Messiah. And on the eve of Epiphany, Bafana comes to every house where there is a child and leaves a gift in hopes that it's the Messiah. Although she oh, okay. has been unsuccessful in her search, she still leaves a gift for children everywhere because Christ's child can be found in all children, as per the Christian telling. Interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I just, I, I wanted to tell these legends because I thought it was a, you know, I know sometimes we shit on... <laughs> Christianity a little here because they we. don't have a great uh, yeah we both of us do <laughs> it, a lot of it's me I'll take the blame on it I do too but it, it's <laughs> but I mean for good fucking reason oh let's put it let, we'll leave it at that but I thought it would yeah. be a really good way to kind of show which is in a good light through the lens of yeah. Christianity where like she was like given a gift by Jesus himself and like she was given the gift of being the mother of every child. And like, even though she never found the Messiah, she leaves gifts for children in hopes that it's, you know, so it's just a really interesting telling through the lens of Christianity of a witch that isn't just this like haggard old woman who is fucking the devil on a private island. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, using children as ointment. Okay, Epstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She got fucking dip pleasure island over there. You know? <laughs> Seriously, that's how they make it sound. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know why you had to throw in a private island. Because the island, the, you know, where they take them. What's it called? Do you remember me telling you this where they literally thought? That, I do. Yes. It, I remember it, but I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, it starts with a B, but it's a private island. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. So okay. I just, I thought it would be a good way to show that. At some point in time, witches were not seen as wholly bad by the church. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like I said. Like I said. Thanks, King James. Yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> so, um, Bifana was a widespread tradition among the whole of Italian people having originated in Rome and having become okay. well known and practiced by the rest of the population during the centuries. 
A theory connects the tradition of exchanging gifts to an ancient Roman festivity in order of Lannis and I don't know how to say it, Sternia. So it was a, a festivity celebrated at the beginning of the year when Romans used to give each other's presents. So it's okay. uh, connected that way. So the Lebafana is actually still celebrated today in Italy. Um, and it's all across Italy. And she's become like a national icon in Italy. So wow. in the regions of Umbra, um, her figure is actually still to this day associated with what's called the palpal states, which are the states owned by the church. Um, okay. And where Epiphany is still held at the utmost importance. So Umbria is thought to be her official home. And every year there is a Bafana festival held to celebrate her holiday. And it's estimated that about 30 to 50,000 people attend the festivities and hundreds of people are actually dressed as the La Bafana, are present there with their broomsticks to juggle and dance and greet children and just kind of be joyous and festivous. So what you're telling festive. me, what you're telling me is that for Christmas, you and I could dress up in black as witches, as witches with a broomstick in Italy and and be festive. Yes. And be on theme. And be totally on theme. Okay. When I tell you that one day we should host a tour. I'm not going to lie, dude. I might show up at your house tomorrow. <laughs> As the La Bafana? <laughs> Bro, I would fucking be so jacked. Last year, we were planning on Derek being the king of misrule. This year, Holly's going to be La Bafana. Amazing. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the end of our trip to Italy. The next stop on our Polar Express <laughs> on the Christmas <laughs> on the Christmas line here, Holly. Yeah. Is, all right. Is the mountains of Iceland. Ooh. Ooh. So similar to the Lebafana, Icelandic folk folklore also has their own version of a Christmas witch. Uh, yeah. that again predates Santa and her name is Gryla. And I'm gonna Gryla. I'm gonna try and pronounce it as best I can with an Icelandic um, pronunciation. Well, Icelandic slang going yep. on here. You got it. So <laughs> her name is yeah, Gryla. You Gryla. may remember this name as she was briefly mentioned in last year's Yule episode when Holly told us about the Yule lads. Okay. A group of thirteen mischievous pranksters who steal or harass the population and have all have descriptive names <laughs> that convey their favorite way of harassing people, right? How can I ever forget about the Yule Lads? How can we ever forget about the Yule Lads? They come to town <laughs> one by one during the last 13 nights before Yule and they leave small gifts in shoes or small gifts in shoes that children have placed on windowsills. But if that child has been disobedient, they then leave a rotten potato instead of a gift. And then do all sorts of other fun things. Yes. So you may be asking yourself right now, Holly, what do they have to do with the Christmas witch? Well, yeah, what was this like some Snow White and the, the little dwarves situation oh, here? Even better, my friend. Okay. She is their mother. Okay. Yeah. All right, Gryla. Let's go. Let's go, Gryla. <laughs> <laughs> so while Bufana has a kind, sweet intent of bringing joy to children and was gifted as the role of mother of all Italian children, Gryla's story is much darker. The first mention of Gryla in 13th century texts 
Um, they're like these, I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it because it is so difficult to pronounce in Icelandic, but um, it's like a saga or like a compendium of texts in the 13th century, which many historians currently use. Like it's a major source material for historians like concerning 13th century happenings. Icelandic. Icelandic happenings. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably similar to the Prozeda. Exactly. Very similar okay. to that. So it's very similar yeah. to like, yeah, like a compendium of historical events. Um, and the author is commonly believed to have been like an Icelandic chieftain, right? Who okay. recorded the history of 13th century yeah. Iceland. So she was mentioned in these texts. These were the first time she was mentioned. And although oh. she was mentioned in these texts, she was not explicitly connected with Christmas until around the 17th century. Okay. So the oldest poems about the Gráila describe her as a parasitic beggar. Yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote. Not she- <laughs> super favorable. No. Nope. She was said to have walked around the town asking parents to give their disobedient children to her. <laughs> her plan was to like incessantly annoy these people <laughs> asking them for their children. She's asking for disobedient children. Yeah, like give the me your mother of the likes of Skier Gobbler and Sausage Swiper. Yes. And fucking Window Peeper <laughs> is asking for disobedient children. <laughs> she just tried to add to her fucking collection, man. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> maybe, maybe the Yule lads are the disobedient children. They, well, <laughs> we'll get into it, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so her the idea was that she would irritate these people so much that they would just give her food to, to stop like go away stop asking me for my kid here's some bread <laughs> you know okay so that was her idea originally she was said to live in a small cottage but in later poems it appears she had been forced out of town into a remote cave in the mountains of the Icelandic terrain okay right yeah very similar to the like, Grinch. Very similar. Yeah. Mount Crumpet. She's gone. <laughs> hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. <laughs> yeah. She's just, just up there fucking hating every who in Icelandic Whoville. Uh... <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay. So... In more modern folklore, it tells the tales of the Gryla as huddled in the dark, craggy lava caves of northern Iceland, where the ogress, shows she's typically described as an ogress, spends the year listening for word of spoiled children. Then, at Yuletide, she comes down from the mountains to gather them up and carries them home in her giant sack. Once back in her cave, she prepares these children for a stew for which she has an insatiable appetite for. According, eats them. Yeah, she turns them into like naughty children stew. According to legend, there was never a shortage of food for the Gryla. I'm sorry, but like, come on, amazing. Does she does she really eat them, or does she just make them her own? (laughs) A little bit of both, maybe. I mean, we got we got spoon liquor. <laughs> True story, dude. So by some uh, accounts, Gryla, listen to the way that she's described here. The Gryla has horns like a goat, a tangled beard, and earlobes that hang down to her shoulders. 
In other accounts, other legend holds that she has 300 heads, eyes on the back of her neck, or 15 spiked tails that can snatch up 15 different children at once. <laughs> wow. Wow is right. <laughs> wow it is right. Like, it sounds like she was whatever she needed to be in the moment. Exactly. <laughs> Girl was she a chameleon. Was the moment. <laughs> she was the moment. <laughs> Oh my god. So not only a woman to be reckoned with in her own right, Gryla is also the matriarch of a fearsome family. According to folklore, Gryla has been married three times. Her third husband oh. is said to be living with her in the cave in her lava caves in northern Iceland. Um look at the way she does, hey? Yeah. Just- with you'll remember this, the Yule cat. Which, if you remember oh, yeah. from our other from Holly's episode last year, was a huge and vicious cat who was described as lurking about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eating people who had not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve, right? And All with right. their sons, so her third husband is the father of their sons, the Yule lads. So Ooh. could you could you imagine you are in Northern Iceland and you accidentally go too far into the lava fields and there's the Gryla with her scary ass husband, her 13 mischievous Yule lad sons and the Yule cat. <laughs> Hold on. Is it bad that like I'm picturing the fucking Gryla? Gryla is uh, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. She is scary. She is terrifying. Yep. And I am visualizing her husband as like fucking Ned Flanders. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yes, dear. Yes, just my like love. A, a complete pushover. Yes, and just like the sweetest person in the world. So yeah, so she's <laughs> yeah this matriarch of this like crazy family, right? The Yule cat, this other you know her third husband, the Yule lads. It was also said that Gryla supposedly had dozens of other children with her other two husbands before the thirteen Yule lads, but they're oh, so rarely just- mentioned nowadays. Popping them out. Which is why when you said maybe she's just stealing these naughty kids and turning them into her like little horde. <laughs> pro- not not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, you know, adopted children are just as much children as Hell biological yeah. children. You, you know? got so it. Like, I don't why know. Not? I don't know if kidnapped children fall into that, but <laughs> But here's the thing. If the parents were giving them away, Ooh, adoption. That's not kidnapped. <laughs> what i'm saying fair that's what i'm saying fair <laughs> what a crazy foster home i'm so sorry to have taken this weird weird we route. took a left <laughs> so as i said earlier the gryla did not get connected to christmas until or around the early 17th century when poems began to associate her with the holiday it was also about this time when the Yule Lads and the Yule Cat, which had been a standalone Christmas characters with no connection to the Christmas Witch originally, then became okay. part of like her big creepy family. Okay. Yeah. So prior to that, she was, quote unquote, really a personification of the winter and the darkness and the snow getting closer and taking over the land again. According to Terry Gunnell, the head of the folk folk holy fuck it's like scholastic but with folk folk scholastic department at the university of iceland folkloristic yeah okay there you go folkloristic department at the university of iceland in an interview about the gryla sorry no thank you because i was having a hard fucking time 
<laughs> Not only did she represent the threat of winter, she was seen as actually controlling the landscape. Gunnell explains that the Icelandic people understood themselves to be more like tenants of their harsh environment, where glaciers, volcanoes, and earthquakes dominated, and would view mythical creatures like the Gryla as the ones who were really running the show in Iceland there. Okay. Yeah. And that, my friend, is uh, the Gryla, the Christmas witch of Iceland. <laughs> That's fun. I like that a lot. So we are at the halfway point. Uh, I have two more witches. So do you want to keep going with this episode? Um, do we want to have two smaller ones? Yeah, I'm done with that. Perfect. So yeah, so that was the Gryla. And I thought maybe it would be really fun and, you know, Holly, I'm going to throw it on you here. But I thought it would be really fun if maybe we did a quick refresher of the Yule Lads because they were just so much fun last year. Well, and as you said, they do come in the 12 days before Christmas. So yes. Let's let's just like do a real quick run them down. The 12 days of Yule Lads. 13 days of Yule 13 Lads. 13 days of Yule Lads. Let's do it. <laughs> so December 12th, we've got Sheep Caught Claude. Do you remember what Sheep Caught Claude does? Something with shoes. No, he likes to suckle on yous. Oh. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> the way that, that fucking ride with shoes is so good. Ass. <laughs> Reminder, yous is literally the term for a female sheep. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next on December 13th, we've got Gully Gawk. <laughs> I remember fucking hating their names. Like Skier Gobbler. Uh, it says here, Gully Gawk hides in gullies waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal milk. I think I recall specifically he would like to steal the froth. The froth from, from the milk. Yes. yes. He shows up on the 13th. On the 14th, we've got Stubby. On the 14th day of Christmas, <laughs> Gryla brought to me. Stubby. Stubby. Oh my fucking god. And what does Stubby do, friend? He's short and he steals food from frying pans. Bro, am I Stubby? <laughs> Up next, we've got the Spoon Licker, yeah. who, whose name is really self explanatory. Pretty self explanatory. Yeah, he likes to lick steal and lick some spoons. Yep. Oh. He, he shows up on the 15th. Okay, can I just put something out there? It's too late to do it this year. Next year, can we do Friends Miss where each of us have to come as one of the 13 Yule Lads? I would absolutely love that. Yeah, I think we should that do that. That would be the best day of the year. Ever. Like, <laughs> why I, haven't we done this already? I think we should do this next year. We should dress up <laughs> as the 13 Yule Lads. <laughs> Okay, coming up, coming in hot, we got Pot Scraper. Pot Scraper Name on the 16th. Name is also self-explanatory. Just right up there with Spoon Licker. He, he, the he two of them really pots, work together. Licks some clean. <laughs> um, in the same realm of things, we've got Bowl Licker. Yep. Steals bowls from uh, food from under the bed. Um, <laughs> he likes to just lick them clean. Um, <laughs> door Slammer. Stomps around, slams some doors. Uh, skier Gobbler, which he likes to eat all the Icelandic yogurt. Skier. Skier. Yeah. Yep. Sausage Swiper. <laughs> swiper, no swiping. <laughs> That's what they called me in my heyday. Sausage Swiper. 
So, oh my god! Also, we should make a dating app called Sausage Swiper, <laughs> or alternatively, Window Peeper. <laughs> Who's, who shows up on the twenty first? Yeah, he likes uh, to stoop <laughs> through windows. <laughs> oh, okay. just as fun as doorway sniffer. Doorway sniffer is that twenty second? Yep. So he just sniffs doorways. He likes to sniff the doorways. He's uh, or does he stand at your doorway like? <laughs> he has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate food. Okay, okay, not bad. Uh, meat hook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not as self-explanatory. Got... <laughs> he also swipes sausages, but he uses a hook to do it. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Where is a uh, sausage swiper just raw dogs it? And then we've got candle stealer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also it's self-explanatory. Nice. Yeah. Steals steals candles, you know. Um, <laughs> And our last and final Yule lad. No, that was it. That was candle it. Candle beggar was the last one. That was 13. That was uh, December 24th. On uh, the 13 days of Yule lads, everybody stole <laughs> my candles and my damn bowls. <laughs> Uh, whatever did you my sausages got swiped oh no there's a meat hook (laughs) they also all have Icelandic names that I'm sure are less um, spot on but like yeah I don't know because some of them kind of look like they might be spot on because the one for stubby is like stufa oh (laughs) yeah checks out that that sounds like short yeah like the way it just sounds like it says short you know know. when you hear a foreign language and you're like that sounds like this it might be this word (laughs) uh pot scraper is pot scale fill oh okay (laughs) you know i don't know that sounds like it would be that one checks out it does (laughs) i love that i fucking hated skier gobbler that was the worst one (laughs) Anyways, them's the Yule lads. Them's the Yule lads. Those are Gryla's sweet little baby angels <laughs> that were either born of her loins or adopted. Or adopted. From people that did not want them. Honestly, exactly. with names like that, would Who you want would? them? Yeah. yeah. Like, get this kid out of my house. He's eating all my skier. The face only an adoptive mother could love. Face only a hag could love. <laughs> Damn, what are you saying about adoptive mothers? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Wow. Holly just got me in so much trouble. (laughs) That's it. I've officially been canceled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's over. That's the fucking boat that tipped me over the edge. (laughs) Funny. Yeah, if the church hasn't sent us a cease and desist yet, I think we're fine. Yeah, but you know what would make them send us a cease and assist, my friend? What? Spooky stories! Which, uh, as a fun, fun reminder, these are your last few weeks to get your stories in to be featured on our next listeners' whisper. Listeners. We're ringing in the new year with you guys. Yeah. If you want to be part of it, send in your fucking stories. Um, and make 2024 a the banger. year of the horror. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a banger. Did you hear what I said? Year of the horror? Kind of. <laughs> yep. I just tried to elegantly grace past that. 
Make if your New Year's resolution was to actually write in a fucking story. Now's the time, dude. We are setting you up for success. You could be you successful. Could actually, complete a resolution this year. Yeah, within the first week of making be it. Not like me. Be great. <laughs> complete your resolution. Make the podcast great again. <laughs> Gross. I don't like it. What if which is 24? <laughs> Holly is going, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're reclaiming it, Holly. Holy fuck. <laughs> Please write us spooky stories. We're really losing it over here. 2024. I'm saying, I'm telling you, man. 2024. Not a lot of things rhyme with four, and a lot of them are whore. So, like, <laughs> give me more. <laughs> Asking you is such a chore. Okay, stop making me wrong, dude. <laughs> you proved your point. I'm, I'm creating a core okay. memory. <laughs> While Holly laughs on the floor. <laughs> Whore. Okay, well, in the meantime, y'all, stay spooky. <laughs> Bye!